The New York Court of Appeals construes insurance exclusions narrowly regarding man-made structural damage to a building. And a group seeks more than $800 million from the city of New York for school hazards. These and other stories from the Legal News Desk make up this LexisNexis New York Legal News Podcast. LexisNexis Legal News New York, from the pages of LexisNexis Mealy's Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The New York Court of Appeals at the end of April ruled that insurance policy exclusions for earth movement and settling or cracking do not expressly preclude coverage for structural damage sustained by a building arising from excavation activities going on at adjacent property. Pioneer Tower Owners Association discovered cracks in a building. A structural engineer concluded the damage resulted from earth sliding out from under Pioneer's building as a result of excavation going on next door. Pioneer's building sustained cracking in the foundation, interior walls, floors, and ceilings. State Farm Fire and Casualty Company denied insurance coverage to Pioneer, citing its earth movement exclusion, which applies to sinking, rising, shifting, expanding, or contracting of earth, whether combined with water or not. Pioneer sued State Farm, claiming soil was removed during excavation and that earth did not move naturally, but as a result of intentional and negligent conduct by the neighboring contractor. State Farm countered that earth did move during excavation and that the damage to the building was caused by movement and shifting of earth, which is excluded by the policy. The Nassau County Supreme Court ruled for Pioneer holding the loss involved of physical removal of earth from under the insured's building as opposed to a sinking of the ground. The Second Department Supreme Court Appellate Division affirmed The High Court noted the Appellate Division's citing of a case in which it found an insured's loss was caused during excavation and underpinning operations on an adjoining lot and thus did not fall within an identical earth movement exclusion. A New York federal judge was scheduled to conduct a fairness hearing in May on a $20 million class settlement for third-party payers who say off-label marketing of OxyContin by manufacturer Purdue Pharma cost them money. Two union health and welfare funds sued Purdue Pharma in 2007, along with related entities PF Laboratories and the Purdue Frederick Company in the Southern District of New York. In December, the parties agreed to a class settlement that provides $20 million to settle the claims of all third-party payers, including insurers, managed care organizations, and union funds, who claim to have paid for OxyContin that was marketed off-label between December 1995 and December 2008. The settlement limits a plaintiff fee, cost, and incentive award to 33.3% or $6.6 million. Sources have told LexisNexis Mealy Publications that hearings continue among the 45 plaintiffs in the city of New York, against which a notice of claim had been filed seeking more than $800 million in damages related to lead paint poisoning, asbestos exposure, and mold in a school designed for special needs students. In New York, before a plaintiff can file a formal complaint in state court against a government entity, a notice of claim must be filed with the law department of the city of New York. That action prompts hearings between the parties, which is a procedure similar to a deposition. The plaintiffs, comprising students and employees at PS 256Q Annex at Temple Bethel, also referred to as the Bell Harbor School, contend they've suffered personal injuries, pain and suffering, medical expenses, and related damages, 
as a result of being exposed to toxic substances in their school. They seek punitive damages and permanent injunctive relief. The defendants are the City of New York, the New York City Department of Education, New York City School Construction Authority, and Division of School Facilities. Noting letters he had received from two different authors' groups expressing a need for additional time to consider the proposed settlement in the controversial Google Library Project case, a federal judge in New York in late April moved the final fairness hearing from June to October. Southern District of New York Judge Denny Chin did not make any note of letters the court had received from individual authors objecting to the settlement, but specifically mentioned letters received from a group of authors and a group of academic authors, while agreeing to extend the dates and deadlines established by the November 14th preliminary settlement agreement. The proposed $125 million settlement among Google Inc., the Authors Guild Inc., and the Association of American Publishers established a books rights registry that would oversee compensation for individual class members in the settlement, handle future revenues from the Google Library Project, and process opt-out requests from copyright holders and publishers that did not wish to be part of Google's ambitious plan to create a massive digital online library. The settlement set May 5th as the deadline for the filing of objections and amicus briefs. June 11th was set as the date for a final settlement and fairness hearing. Since the preliminary settlement agreement was announced, some copyright holders have already filed opt-out notices with the court. Some authors and publishers have made public statements regarding their dissatisfaction with the settlement, while others have filed official objections in the court. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mark Rogers. A lawsuit filed in mid-April in the Southern District of New York alleges the newest designs of the Upper Deck Company's baseball cards bear too striking a resemblance to the copyrighted designs of the Topps Company. Specifically, Topps claims its designs from 1971, 75, and 77 were copied by Upper Deck without permission. According to Topps, although the cards are older, they, quote, continue to have consumer recognition. Topps says in the trading card world, cards that were sold in the past do not necessarily lose their value after the point of first sale. Upper Deck is a direct competitor of Topps, having manufactured and sold entertainment trading cards in the U.S., since the late 1980s. When Topps learned of Upper Deck's intent to release their newly designed cards, it filed suit alleging copyright infringement and federal trade dress infringement. The Second Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals on May 1st affirmed that E.I. DuPont and Amorison Company must arbitrate a union's grievance alleging that DuPont violated the party's collective bargaining agreement by unilaterally altering employees' eligibility under several ERISA plans. DuPont, the plan sponsor and administrator of ERISA benefit plans covering its current and former employees, announced changes to several of those benefit plans. The changes altered employees' eligibility under the plans and the rates at which the employees accrued benefits. The collective bargaining representative for some of the employees filed a grievance alleging that changes violated the bargaining agreement. DuPont refused to arbitrate, and the union sued DuPont to compel arbitration. The Western District of New York ordered arbitration. DuPont appealed, arguing that any dispute about the changes to the benefit plans must be resolved through the plan's internal dispute resolution procedures or through a civil enforcement action under ERISA. In affirming, the Second Circuit said, quote, the disputed issue is not whether DuPont's employees are eligible for benefits under the benefits plan, a dispute which might not be arbitrable, but rather whether DuPont violated a collective bargaining agreement whose provisions are subject to arbitration.
A group of tenants of the New York City Housing Authority has sued the government agency in the Eastern District of New York, alleging the organization is violating the rights of tenants with disabilities and other health problems by failing to properly maintain its elevators. The plaintiffs claim the defendant's failure to maintain elevators in Housing Authority buildings has left residents stranded for hours as a result of the elevator's frequent breakdowns. The tenants claim the agency has shown a widespread and systemic failure to maintain the elevators in its buildings in operable working condition. The tenants claim that disabilities and health problems leave some residents with no alternative other than the elevator if they wish to leave their residence. Frequent elevator breakdowns, often for days at a time, they say, have left tenants confined to their apartment. The plaintiffs claim the Housing Authority maintains more than 3,300 elevators throughout its 2,600 buildings. Walmart agreed on May 6th to pay nearly $2 million in improved safety at its 92 New York stores as part of a deal with Nassau County prosecutors that avoids criminal charges in the trampling death of a temporary worker during a holiday shopping melee last year. A temporary employee at a Walmart store in Valley Stream, New York, was killed in the November 28th incident. At least four others were injured. The company agreed to employ an improved crowd management plan for Black Friday sales events. Walmart will also set up a $400,000 victim's compensation and remuneration fund and give $1.5 million to local social services programs and nonprofit groups. The Lexus One Community, where individual attorneys are going for free case law, the Lexus Web Search Engine, free forms, and Mealy's Online. Get access to Lexus.com through research packages for the time you need without signing a long-term contract. Check out Emerging Issues Analysis, News, Blogs, The Download Center, the LexisNexis Store, and more. Lexus One, the online community and research resource for individual attorneys. www.lexusone.com If you'd like more details on these and other litigation news stories, visit www.lexisnexis.com slash mealies, M-E-A-L-E-Y-S, or totallitigator.com. The LexisNexis New York Legal News Podcast was written by the editors of LexisNexis Mealy's Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. Copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, total practice solutions. This is Steve Burstler. Thank you for listening.